Maybe I should do that instead. Music is silly. I'll make more money being on Game of Thrones or something. (laughs) Yeah, but we, we started it like long enough ago that you know the running joke at the moment or the run, or the ongoing comment that everyone has a podcast uh, and it's a very kind of saturated space now it is hey yeah, yeah and we started it before that was the case yeah so it felt like a novelty and now it's sort of it's kind of awesome because i'm a big podcast listener as well yeah um so it's, yeah so it's good on that level but at, at the same time when you're creating the content it's kind of like oh, come on <laughs> It's like being yeah, a musician, like, you know? Yeah, you want to find something unique, eh? Yeah, well, could everyone yeah. else just bugger off? Because yeah. <laughs> it's the, the saturation of the limelight. Pen- exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just trying to think of how I um, stumbled across yours. True. I never I do market research like that. You should, yeah, I, yeah, should, I, I should be asking people. Maybe it just came up. Oh, because I think it came up because I was listening to, do you know The Imperfects? No. That's a cool. Um, they're based in Melbourne. Oh yeah. Oh, we we we're, we're yeah yeah. We just record. We oh. just we just start it whenever we're you know at the end whenever. It... Oh right right. Yeah, Are yeah. we recording now? Yeah yeah. Oh yeah, right yeah. right okay. But it's not. There's no official sort of beginning or end. You know. Oh, so you might yeah. like move things around. Oh, you know, I don't I don't change the conversation around. But yeah. um, uh, what you'll often find is sort of a point where it sort of starts naturally. You know? Yeah yeah. I just find that if you say welcome, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone kind of stiffens up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You probably got a point there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so, on, so the on. the imperfects you were saying. Mm. So the imperfects. Uh, it's a. Uh, I can't think of the name. Uh, it's two brothers. Mm-hmm. They're based in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and they had a really cool interview with Missy Higgins. Oh yeah. Which and I, I love Missy Higgins, and um, yeah, and it was just a really really interesting interview, and maybe it just came up on my little. You know, it suggests things that right. things you might be interested in. If you like this, you'll like that sort of thing. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. interesting because I, I'm, you know, your classic kind of old school musician in the sense that, uh, like, I understand the importance of technology, but I'm shit at it. You know, yeah. so yeah. I, I don't get deep into the weeds of like algorithms and how to manipulate the system and yeah. make sure we show up in different places. I wish I did. I did know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> at a few hundred thousand listens to the whole thing, but yeah, but um, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I just put it up and. Hopefully it catches somewhere. So. Yeah, no, it's great. I've, I've I've listened to a fair few episodes now. It's, awesome. It's cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so, is this your first podcast yourself? It like, is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I, I imagine you've done lots of interviews though over the years. Uh, yeah, and especially in the last, um, with this release, with this album. Yeah, yeah. I've done a few. Right. Um, some better than others. Yeah. <laughs> Based on your performance or the interviewer's performance? No, no, probably, no, I'd probably say based on mine, actually. Well, Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, that wasn't a loaded comment because, you Mm. know, it's not, uh, I don't know, the interviewer role, I think, has changed, you know, what an interviewer was 20 years ago is different now, and I think podcasts changed that. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, some interviewers, uh, I think, do sort of drop the ball, you know what I mean? I think it, and I'm not trying mm. to put myself on a pedestal here but or anything, but I think it's easy to kind of phone it in or ask the same old questions or, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I think I think it's qu- actually quite an interesting challenge to go, well, how can you get somewhere else that wasn't where everyone else would get to? Yeah. yeah, asking different questions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the yeah. long form part, so this obviously you're saying this is your first podcast, but does that mean the other interviews you've done have all been your sort of more like two minute, 10 minute, five minute sort of spot? Yeah, I think the longest one I did was around about 15, 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How was that? That was great, actually. Yep. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. And again, it was kind of questions that I wasn't really expecting? necessarily expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
kind of put me off guard a little bit, you know, I, I think it, yeah, I really enjoyed the actual experience of talking. Mm. It just felt like a really nice chat, you know? It's nice when you feel like you can actually get into the subject properly, right? Yeah. 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 Like R- when you're not just skimming the surface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you've got to quickly sum it up in 15 seconds, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I always found that tough on conventional, like, you know, TV and radio and so on. Yeah. Like, you just asked me a question that would take about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite know how to put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the um, promotional run looking like at the moment? Let's let's start at the end and do the whole where they can find you and whatever. You know. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can find me at ReneeMilnerMusic.com. <laughs> it's so weird doing it first. Um, yeah. And um, I currently am on Facebook and Instagram, although yep. that may I may take a bit of a break. Brilliant. Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you no doubt know my views on these things. Yeah, yeah. From listening to some of your work, I yes, I do. So, uh, so you've obviously come to your own conclusion. What, what what's that all about? Yeah, look, I I've I've used it um, with this new EP coming out, mm-hmm. and um, and I've sort of been on there, you know, day and night. I mean, not all night, but mm. um, yeah, sort of regularly. Uh, I just noticed that. It, it doesn't really, s- I, I, I see the purpose in it, but I feel personally it doesn't serve me so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sort of leaves me feeling pretty yucky, you know, like it yep. sort of leaves me in a space of sort of questioning myself. Uh, and yeah, I, I just, I, it's, I was trying to remember the other day, like the point where I actually started, you know, because obviously I didn't, probably like you, I didn't grow up on. On on a phone and on a tablet and social media and sort of thing. Or the internet. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing, in year 11, we did touch typing skills. And I was like, that was the best thing I did, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I kept getting in trouble when I did that. They gave me that. Did you ever have that leather bib thing that they tied to your collar and then they put it all over the typewriter? Oh, yes. When they when they caught yeah. you looking at your fingers, and I was like, God damn it, now I don't stand a chance. Oh, I forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, no, we had this book, and it was like type A, 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 B, 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 C. You right. know, like just, and then random little cat, spelled yeah. cat three times. <laughs> yeah. At the time, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if this will be useful. But like, yeah, when you yeah. can touch it up, it's great. You exactly. have to look at your hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't even need to know how to spell these days. It does it for you. Well, you exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so... Yeah, so I was trying to think, you know, when did I, um, you know, sort of start? And I can't actually remember a point, you know, like a year, for example, where that really... Was social media? Yeah, yeah, probably definitely more so since I started putting out music. I've used it more. So you weren't on there when it first arrived? Like, I think, what, Facebook arrived, what, 2008 or something? Yeah, Yeah. actually, I probably used it a lot like through traveling. Mm. Um, I found that was a good way to keep in touch with people. Yeah. And, and, you know, to post what you're doing and your photos and they know that you're alive. Right. Yeah, Yeah. you're in some random Because I have a similar kind of confusion because the first few years of Facebook, I don't have... A strong memory of yeah and I, I remember like career moments and I think I'm not even sure if I posted anything that day when yeah. I when I did that big thing or whatever mm. um and I think for a while Facebook was a cutesy little social thing it wasn't actually mm. the animal it became mm. I'm not sure if I'm rem- remembering that right but I feel like it sort of ramped up like I don't know 2013 14 or something it mm. grew into this big ugly thing yeah yeah I think I think I you know it has a purpose of course but mm. I yeah I mean and and everyone's different you know so 
somebody else may just be able to go in there and do their thing and, mm. and get off and be fine. But yeah, I just find that uh, it doesn't leave me in a good headspace. Do you think that that's because of you know anything specific about you? If that makes sense, like I I think about. Um, if you're sort of younger, I'm talking about myself now, if I was much younger mm. um, and a lot of my sort of social interactions were on Facebook and things like that, then there'd be more of a logical reason for me to be there. But for some, yeah. you know, I am I just feel like I'm, I'm not the right age group. I'm not the right demographic to sort of be at all relevant on social media. I'm not going to start a TikTok page because what am I going to dance for the camera? Like, that's, you know, I mean, that's fine if you're a teenager, maybe, but if you're, a, you know, if you're in your 40s, it's not really the same thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not on TikTok, actually. Neither am I. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I mean, I know lots of, probably lot, the younger generation now, they're maybe not using Facebook as mm. much. Because mm. um, they see it as the old people thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I guess my thing around it is that it's not really real (laughs) that's true (laughs) but it feels real you know like when you're on there you know um yeah well the thing i picked up on that you just said before was um you know you're on there day and night Mm. and i know you don't mean 24 hours but Mm. but um the hours that one has to put into it to stay in the algorithm properly and so on yeah versus the return what's what's the return like do you get a couple of tickets sold here and there and, and that's it for yeah. what four hours a day i mean it doesn't make any sense yeah yeah i think um it, the it'll be interesting to see um the amount of time that comes back hmm. from not being you know and it, it, it could not just be social media it could just be like scrolling whatever you know hmm. just scrolling it's like no it's like a rabbit hole there's no there's no end to it <laughs> you know aimless. it just keeps going and going yeah. <laughs> uh and i guess like any addiction it's sort of you got to find ways to um, either eliminate it or manage, or manage it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I took yeah. it off my phone at the start of the pandemic, which I think was one of the smartest things I've ever done. Yeah, that's um, great. That all of that noise, you know, that's been on social media, all the arguments about, you know, politics and vaccinations and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I still obviously was aware of it because I still got it on my computer, but yeah. I just wasn't scrolling all the time on my phone. Uh, a- and it came, yeah. it came from this moment. I think it must have been right at the beginning of the pandemic mm. where I was sitting on the couch and I realized I was looking at Facebook on my phone and I Mm. couldn't remember opening it. And Ah. I thought, there's something really twisted about that. I'm deleting it straight away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. And it's just added this level of sort of peace to my life, you know? Yeah. I have to proactively open a browser and actually go into Facebook to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I find if I log out of something, that helps too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's like more effort to get into. It's like, I don't know if you've read... uh, James Clear, you know, the Habits book, Atomic Habits. It's a great book. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, he talks about these ways of, uh, you know, eliminating habits that you... Mm. I don't think he uses the word good and bad, um, but more like things that you want to change, Right. you know? Yeah. And so he talks about making a certain habit very difficult to access. Yes. And I think that's one way that... With, with social media, at least, you can yeah. sort of do that, you know? It's, it works the other way around, too, with things like um, practicing an instrument. I, mm. You know, I remember hearing someone years ago say, um, don't put your guitar in its case and slide it under the bed. Mm. Because every time you think, oh, I might play my guitar, there's a, there's a few steps to get to it. Yeah. You know, if you have yeah. your guitar out on a stand with the music right there, you, it's it's now like half a second before you're holding the guitar and playing. Yeah, and, yeah. And that really benefits your practice time, you know? I thought yeah. that was a genius comment. Yeah, that's a great idea. Although I, I did hear someone say that it's better for the strings if it's in the case, but 
I, I, I agree. Like, I'd probably yeah. be less likely to pick it up if it is in the case. It's definitely better for the strings if it's in the case, because, of course, they, they don't corrode. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's better for the guitar overall if you never play it, but that's not why we buy guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar, you'd just be happy not being played. <laughs> Put it in a, you know, it's a very a, lonely guitar. Yeah, a vacuum locked, you know, perspex case. Of course, it's never going to deteriorate. But, yeah. Um, what's yeah. the point in owning it? Yeah, it won't have any dents in it. <laughs> yeah, I think the answer is to change your strings. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I noticed that you're a, um, a telly player. Is that a, a particular choice? I'm a. I love tellies, by the way. Oh, uh, do you mean Takamine? Uh, oh no, I thought you played Fender tellies. Oh no. Oh, I, I thought, don't. Didn't I see footage of you on YouTube? Uh, it uh, might have been, it's, I, I, I think it was, a, it was an Ibanez. Was it? Yeah. Oh, it was a, yeah. it's a live show I was watching, I think. Um, oh, actually, that was a borrowed guitar. Ah, yeah. right. Okay. I think um, I'm, I think I borrowed that from Sam Johnson, the, the producer. Right. Yeah, for that one show. <laughs> for a second, I was <laughs> like, do I know anything? <laughs> I was like, telly, yeah, you're talking about guitar, not telly tubbies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk about Teletubbies yeah. if you prefer. Yeah. No, I'm not a fan. Not really your bag. <laughs> are you are you yeah. a gear person though? I mean, you know, um, like, look, uh, I probably as far as gear goes, uh, my the extent of my gear is really the guitars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three yeah. or four guitars. Yeah. Uh, I I ought to sell one maybe. I've got a little <laughs> mini tailor that I bought in Mexico several years ago, but nice. I actually haven't really played it very much since, like, apart from traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got a couple of uh, Takamines as well, which yep. uh, one is an older one, uh, which, yeah, I really love, I don't know, the Japanese guitars, they're really beautiful. Yeah, they make yeah. great guitars. Yeah. yeah. How old is the old one you just referred to? Oh, when I say old, like, um, <laughs> six years, <laughs> 10, probably about 10, 10 or 11. Oh, it's ancient. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's yeah, a yeah. classic. Yeah, I know. Um, and the other one I actually just bought recently because I, when I was performing, I thought, oh, I'm I'm always you know, um, dicking around with changing tunings. And, oh, yeah. And, that, and yeah, that, right. that can get really annoying. <laughs> yeah. I've never been a tuning changing person. Right. Partly because uh, uh, I can't be asked. Right. You know, dealing with having to change the tuning all the time. Yeah. Um, and also, um, as to me, it just confuses me. I, you know, it's it's You're challenging like, enough to learn the fretboard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which key am I in again? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which shape can I use? What? You yeah, know? yeah. So how do you get around that? Uh, I bought a second guitar. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you keep that so, in the other tuning. Yeah, 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 I keep that. And then I just alternate sometimes one one string or two strings. But w- yeah. what about the brain, though? Like when you're on stage and you go for something and you go, oh, shit, I'm not in that tuning. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I I haven't had that issue yet. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, obviously there's a bunch of songs which I do in those other tunings mm. and uh, usually it's something like dadgad or something like that. I, I guess if mm. you, um, I mean, I do a lot of work where I have to use a fair amount of improv inside structure. So right. I, I need to sort of be on my toes a little bit. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you do that or not, but I guess if you're playing stuff that's more worked out, you, yeah. you just play what you've practiced. Yeah, exactly. That helps. Yeah. 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 It's not sort of lead guitar sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Now let me ask you a completely cheesy question. I've been, yeah. th- I was, I've been thinking about this because I, I looked it up and I saw you, you're from Australia and now it's quite clear when I'm talking to you. Um, and uh, e- every time yeah, every time I hear uh, anyone interview an Australian, they always at some point get to the creepy crawlies in Australia, right? And what it's like growing <laughs> up with spiders and snakes. And I always, um, I always roll my eyes when I, especially when I hear American interviewers go that way. And I'm like, oh, come on, think of something unique, you know? Yeah. But in recent times, I've been thinking about it more often um, for some reason, thinking like, no, it is actually kind of amazing the amount of stuff that Australians have around them that mm. is very dangerous and, and very present. Yeah. And and I think about New Zealanders who often move to Australia, yeah. who have grown up without the habits formed to, 
to probably do certain things to keep themselves safe. And right. I'm wondering what those things are. Yeah. I, I, I've heard some people talk about, you know, dangerous spiders hanging around on the back of a toilet or something. Mm. And perhaps Australians just know to have a look before they sit down, you know, or perhaps Australians never run out into the grass without look checking or something. Yeah. Am, am I onto something here? Yeah. Um, are New Zealanders in great danger when they go there? <laughs> I don't think so. Right. Uh, <laughs> It's funny. I've had this conversation many times since I've yes. been over it's here. Terri- it's a terrible um, question. I, I've, yeah. I mean, I've had this conversation with people at work as well. It's really yeah. interesting, people's fears around it. Um, yeah. uh, my thing would probably be like sharks, you know, like right. um, that, that would be my fear when it comes to um, animals mm-hmm. uh, or fish, I guess. Uh, but yeah, with, with spiders, uh, I think it depends where you are. Right. Uh, I, I generally have not. Grown up checking the toilet seat, but right. I grew up in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Although that said, you could go out into the garden maybe and find a very nasty funnel web or something like that. Yeah. But to be honest, I've most of those things that you know that can attack you. Uh, I've never actually seen them. Right. In in nature, I've seen them in a zoo. Right. Uh, I might have seen a snake once out on a bushwalk or something like that. Like very rarely. Oh, is that right? I uh, thought snakes yeah. were sort of all over the place in in rural areas. Uh, in rural areas, yeah, but I grew up in the city. Oh, I meant to say yeah, suburbs. Yeah, yeah. 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 My, my brain isn't connected to my yeah. mouth today. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't. I guess when you say going out into grass and things like that, yeah, if if you're sort of out in the country, mm. uh, probably actually when you're driving and if it's hot, you might see in the countryside you might see snakes on the road. Right. Yeah. But to be honest, I'd be more concerned about like running into a kangaroo at dusk, you know? Right. Because that's kind of can really hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are in a quite a strange position here in New Zealand mm. in the sense that we don't have that many dangerous things here, which is no. really quite unique because I, I struggle to think about any other place in the world which is as safe on that level. I mean, we actually have more sharks than we realize. Yeah. And we yeah. have a few poisonous spiders that I don't think I was fully aware of growing up. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, where would be another country? on earth that doesn't have something really dangerous. Yeah, you're whether right, actually. Whether it's bears or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think with I think you're right on that. And I think uh, if I think about, like, walking in the bush or something like that, yeah, here I, I, I don't really think about it. But, yeah, if I was back in Australia, I'd be conscious of it. Yeah. Like, just sort of automatically, like, make lots of noise. Right. Um, if... Yeah, I probably wouldn't just go randomly walking through some long grass, you know, like, unless yep. I had a very good reason. And, you know, so, like, you know, protect, like, long pants and boots or something like that, yeah, you know. Yeah. When um, I first went to Australia, um, which was about, I think, the year 2000, um, I went to Melbourne. Mm. And um, my then girlfriend and I drove um, way south. Uh, oh, no, we would drove inland. And I'm now struggling to think of the area. But it's this massive um, area that's sort of like a Grand Canyon-y sort of vibe. Ah, uh, yeah, you know the, um, the Grampians. Grampians, yeah. Ah, oh, beautiful yeah. spot. Amazing. Yeah, that's um, so pretty. And I and I was, you know, first time in Australia, so I was thinking like, where are all the spiders and snakes, you know? And then after walking for a while, I remember just not seeing any, and I in, I, I started to get annoyed. And I was, then I started looking for them, <laughs> you know? And, I, and I've always wondered, did I just get really lucky that I didn't see anything? Or, or is it just actually not that easy to see things? Yeah, I... I think yeah, I I I don't see them that often. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's not all like you, it's not like um yeah, I remember having conversations with some Japanese people way back and 
they thought that they were going to be like kangaroos on the harbour bridge and things like that. And I was like, no, that just does, that does not happen. Yeah. yeah, it's like people who think they're sheep, like you know, blocking the streets in Auckland. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's quite it's quite funny the things people come out with. So yeah. you, were yeah. you were you from Sydney? Yes. Right. Yes. And then you eventually went and either travelled to or lived in a, a number of other countries, right? Yeah, I I did a um a, a Japanese uh, arts degree at a uni, mm-hmm. and or at uni, and then uh, I went and taught in Japan for a year. Uh, right. Straight out of university. What were you teaching? Yeah. I was te- uh, just English. Te- English, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah. But I went to a very small village, uh, like 5,000 people. Wow. And uh, I, yeah, basically no one spoke English. So, <laughs> right. And and did you know, speak much Japanese at, at that point? Oh, yeah, I did actually. I'd, right. I'd done sort of three years of study. So, it really right. helped. But uh, it was in a kind of rural area. So, it was very, uh, they kind of had a dialect, a very strong dialect. Wow. Yeah. And like, so you're right in the thick of like proper Japanese culture then. That must have yeah. been incredible. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that was kind of the first thing that I went and did, which really kind of opened my eyes to a world outside of where I'd grown up, you know? Yes. And, yeah. how, and how did that change your view on the world that you'd grown up in? Because I think that's the great thing about traveling, isn't it? Is yeah. that you, it, it does open your mind, not only about those places you visit, but it changes how you look at, at your home. Yeah. I, um... I appreciated the space actually coming back to Australia. Right. Uh, obviously, in Japan, you know, you got a lot of people in a very small bunch of islands. You mm. know, so it's it's quite it's crowded. You know. Right. Uh, Even though it's a small town. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> small, a small yeah. town with ten million people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I, I definitely um, appreciated the space and and the nature coming back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was an incredible experience. I, um, you know. I, I think I was very lucky to have that early on. Yeah. yeah. What was the sort of resounding um, impression left on you about the place? Like, what was the thing that really rewired you? About Japan? There? About Japan, yeah. Uh, I'd say probably the 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 people, uh, like, they're very, very, very polite. Mm. Uh, and tradition is very important. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, tradition and ritual and the way that you do things, like... Um, you know, they've, they've got things like, you know, the tea ceremony and these different, um, form of like martial arts or, um, cultural arts that, uh, it's, it's very kind of meditative. It's about, it's about the process of, of how you do something yeah. rather than the, the end goal, which I think could definitely apply to music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, because like, you know, I'm asking these her- you know, terribly cheesy questions about Australia, um, which is based on stereotypes in many ways. Um, yeah. And the stereotype of, of Japan is some of the things you were just sort of getting at there. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's where, uh, you know, the, the question would be how much, how close are they to their own stereotype? Because they do mm. seem to have a real advantage over us in terms of, you know, life balance and, um, mm. um, you know, their diet seems to be better than ours, generally speaking. Yeah, the diet is very, very healthy, I would say. Yeah. Um, Don't they live the longest or something out of most people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's some studies have been done. It's the uh, people in Okinawa, which is right. one of the islands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've sort of looked at that as well. And it's it's often related not just to the diet, but their sense of community and their sense of purpose. Wow. Okay. Uh, so that even... Like, I remember when I was living there, I lived in a little house on top of this hill and sort of overlooking rice fields. And, um, you know, in the afternoons, like, the the grandparents would be the ones collecting the kids from school. Yeah. So, you know, the parents, you know, they they work very long hours and, and yeah, so the grandparents kind of had this, this role. Right. 
Uh, and so, and you know, they might get look after the kids for a couple of hours and get the dinner ready or whatever. So yeah. it's sort of like, and then, you know, that's multi-generational living and things like that, which is quite, you know, different to, to say Australia, New Zealand. So spreading the load differently in terms of the pressure and the stress of each day kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that sense of purpose thing is a really interesting point because mm. as, as creative people, we sort of come with that built in, don't we? But a lot, mm. of, lot of people in our Western culture who aren't necessarily attached to something like that mm. don't often feel like they have a sense of purpose. They're, they're sort of stuck mm. in the machine just going to work and, you know, playing yeah. it out. And they yeah. you know, and I think that sense of purpose is missing a lot in Western society. Yeah, I think it is. I, I noticed a, a similar sort of – like I, I spent – I've spent a lot more time in Japan than I have in China, but I was lucky mm. enough to go to China just before the pandemic for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing I noticed about them, like that you'd get a lot of people that were sort of older. Mm-hmm. They probably weren't super old, but they sort of looked older. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. you know, um, but they, you know, like in the afternoons or like, at a, oh, this was like a very, very cold place I was in. It was right up in the north. Yeah. Uh, and you'd have these groups of elderly people out doing sort of Tai Chi slash this interesting form of dancing mm. um, in circles and that, like just out on the in a car park somewhere, you right. know, like just, you know, just, just being with each other and, and doing something, m- movement, you know, yeah. doing something good for them. Uh, and I remember thinking, wow, I just can't imagine that happening. No. Here. Yeah, what would the equivalent be? I mean, I guess New Zealand is a, a very sport-orientated, so for, I guess for a lot of people, sport is their version of that. Yeah. But I don't know if that's quite the same thing, is it? It's more of a... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's not so reflective or... I don't know. I'm not, I've never been into sports, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not a big sports person either. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, for us, it's easy because music sort of gives us all of that. I mean... Um, yeah. Uh, like uh, I've, I've I've heard people over the years say I learned to play guitar because it would get me girls, and I <laughs> and I always thought like I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you had. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just never occurred to me because I just I just mm. grew up liking music and, yeah. and playing music and guitar or whatever else I was playing and writing songs. Mm. Um, it it sounds really I guess almost boring, but I just actually liked the music bit. I wasn't yeah. really that interested in the other stuff. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't sound boring. No, well, to me, it's because that's the reason why we do it, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's also a bonus if you get some kind of reputation or status or money or whatever, I guess. But yeah, it's never been the drive for me. Yeah. Um, and it sounds. I mean, I'm guessing that's probably the same for you. Yeah, I mean, I grew up um, playing more. I played piano first, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember the teacher used to hit. Like she'd hit your knuckles with a ruler. <laughs> That's the classic <laughs> yeah. piano experience. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, yeah. So sort of like uh, she was funny though, and uh, yeah, I had a couple of really cool music teachers like in, through high school. Yeah. Uh, who were I found them? I mean, more class. Actually, one was sort of more jazz, and the other one was more classically trained. But mm-hmm. they were really, you know, women. They were really inspirational. Yeah. Uh, and they were sort of, you know, they were teaching, but they were also performing. You know, doing. You know, different different stuff. And did they give yeah. you did they give you um, the vehicle to get into creating and writing songs, or was it more of a strict, you know, lesson? Um, it more so like towards the end of high school. Um, it, yeah, we we I did sort of like it was called like three unit music, so it was mm. sort of like performance. So yeah, I I did some composition. It was more instrumental on piano, right? Uh, but then um, I also played the clarinet as well. So I did a lot of uh, more like classical pieces. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so yeah, I think it was like seven or eight pieces I performed for the sort of end of um, end of you know year exam sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So part of it was you could sort of major in performance or composition. So part of it was composition, part of it was performance. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and when did you switch to guitar as your sort of main vehicle? Uh not not till sort of like nineteen twenty. So sort of when I was out of school. Right. Actually. Interesting. Yeah. And was that a practical yeah. thing or did you prefer the sound? Uh, I I kind of thought it was a bit cooler <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what sort of year you're talking, but there yeah. was a there was a good stretch there where the piano was so out of fashion. Right. Yeah. 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 And the guitar was the the cool instrument. Yeah. It was probably uh, the you know the the kind of era of you know those sort of boy band acoustic guitar boy bands sort right. of thing. Yeah. Uh, like the 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 take that's and the boy zones and those yeah, sorts of bands. Yeah. yeah. Right. We didn't just say any particular year. Was that, was that your bag? Uh, more like, you know, kind of like extreme and... Oh, and, um, okay. Yeah, yep. That. Cheap trick. And, Would you call you it know? extreme a boy band? Oh, maybe they didn't have the boy band hair. <laughs> <laughs> we know. were talking about them on a recent episode. Um, oh, really? About how the drummer had short hair and it seemed so weird at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were they were a fully-fledged rock band yeah. um, that had these couple of amazing acoustic ballads yeah and um and i feel like they've dated kind of badly in a way like these mm. days if people listen to more than words they'd probably think oh god you know it's super cheesy yeah. but it's a, it's actually just a such a beautiful song it's such a beautiful guitar part yes as well. i think i think that was probably the first one i did learn to play yeah i sort of copied it from a friend who could play it right yeah yeah and yep. um and i was just like oh that's like you can do something like that on the guitar that's really yeah. cool me too actually i yeah. think i learned then it was about 12 or something yeah and um and then also just the way that they they use their voices and created that whole harmony structure oh the harmonies are astounding yeah, yeah. beautiful really i always beautiful. i always because it's, it's funny that you mentioned boy bands sort of in that same conversation because i always thought about what the boy bands were doing and and i thought of more than words as being what it would sound like if they did it properly you know, uh, if the music was written better and the songs were were better and and and, yeah. and it was there was more sophistication and musicianship yeah. in a lot of that stuff, it would sound more like more than words. Right, and I would find that far less irritating because more than words is stunning, mm. and a lot of those other bands, in my opinion, just put out bland, forgettable garbage. Yeah, <laughs> fair <laughs> just, enough. Just, yeah, yeah. Just to put it mildly, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting slightly more vocal about about that stuff just because we seem to be so swamped with um, blandness in music these days. Yeah, I, I feel I feel yeah. like you know it's not wrong to point at it. You know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> Small businesses are part of the lifeblood of our economy. We pride ourselves on our agility, innovation, and can-do attitude. But sometimes there simply isn't enough time in the day to get everything done. That's where overflow support come in. Overflow support can help you with those day-to-day tasks that fall by the wayside when times get busy. Anything from data entry, content management, to desktop research, Overflow support are here to help. Check them out at overflowsupport.co.nz. And if you would like to advertise on our show, if you have a single or an EP or an album or a gig or a tour or a book or anything else coming up that you would like to plug, get in touch. We can talk about options and... For everybody else who's listening in this highly competitive podcast space, it means a lot to us to have likes and subscribes and reviews left. Places like iTunes, on the social media stuff, as much as I bitch and moan about it, it's actually really helpful. So please take that minute, take that extra step if you like what we do and would like to support us. How did you find your way to New Zealand? 
Uh, well, actually, um, I have sort of Papa that goes uh, to New Plymouth, actually, to right. Taranaki, um, mm-hmm. on my mum's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, we actually used to visit um, as kids yep. uh, every couple of years. Yeah, my, mm-hmm. my grandparents had a farm and... Yeah, so I sort of had that connection, but then uh, my partner is also from New Plymouth, so that's sort of how how I ended up over oh, here long that, term. That's the connection, yeah. right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. an interesting move. I, uh, you know, if there wasn't sort of a partner or some connection like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, to, that was it, probably the main instigator. Yeah, because <laughs> if you grew up in like a big town and a bigger, a bigger, I mean, a big city and a bigger country, there would be quite a shift. I suppose it still was quite a shift. Yeah, yeah. Um, it. Yeah, I I lived in Melbourne for several years, mm-hmm. and I yeah, obviously different parts of. Um, in a city, sort of Sydney, yeah, uh, and then yeah, sort of a stint out, sort of Western New South Wales as well. So, yeah, I, I think I was sort of used to, I was kind of used to going new places and and, um, yeah, just being in different places where you know cities and uh, I probably definitely it's nice being in Auckland. Like I, it uh, where I'm staying, it sort of reminds me a little bit of where I lived in Melbourne, and right, it's, it's just kind of like a. Do you mean the suburb you're staying in? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, over which, in um, Kingsland. Kingsland, oh yeah. That's a cool yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. That's quite a lot like Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Because uh, I used to live in a little place called Yarraville. Okay. Which is just uh, sort of near Footscray. I don't know if you know Melbourne, but... A little bit. Uh, but yeah. yeah. It, it was a cool, cool vibe there. And um, just little cute bars and, and cafes and stuff like that. And Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it, I is think it um, Brunswick Street, that really cool long street? Yeah, Brunswick Street's sort of uh, north of the city. Yeah. Uh, Yarraville's sort of more west. Right. Yeah, Kings, still King, very close. Kingsland and also K Road has always reminded me of Brunswick Street a little bit. Mm. Similar kind of yeah. vibe to it, you know? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, Brunswick Street, yeah, apart from the not the trams. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. True. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely uh, got that feel to it. I, yeah. spent, I spent a lot of time wandering up and down that street looking at all the, well, at least back then there were lots of little secondhand stores and yeah. I don't know if it's changed a lot these days, but... Yeah, I haven't been there for a couple of years now. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, um, I do love Melbourne. It's yeah, great city. I saw, um, um, I think, on your website maybe or somewhere, um, talking about some of the music that you were really into in the past, um, or or still are, um, and like Roxette, which are which are great, um, who are great, and um, Police, one of my favorite bands. But then yeah. you mentioned, um, then you mentioned um, Womack and Womack, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> So I feel like I must have missed maybe, something. Maybe did I say? Did I maybe? Maybe I didn't spell it correctly. What? What did you mean to say? Womack and Womack. I'm sure it's Womack and Womack. Yeah, I don't teardrops. know. Teardrops. I don't know it. I don't know. <laughs> um, this is this is gonna yeah. this is gonna be backfiring on me. Isn't okay. It? Like, well, I don't know, mate. I, mean, I think that's who sang it. I think people will be listening to this going, "What the fuck? You don't know Womack and Womack? <laughs> um, <laughs> They're not going to be." Charging you at all? Yeah. yeah. Uh, teardrops in my eyes. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Uh, it's a really cool woman singing it. Oh, yeah. I need to go and look it up. I've, yeah. clear, I've clearly missed the boat somehow. Okay. Well, that's kind of solely sort of. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So when did you kind of discover your voice? Because that was the first thing that I noticed when we played your song on the episode a while back. Yeah. Um, um, you know, just immediately, it's like, oh my god, that's such a great voice. You, you know, did you open your mouth at the age of seven and it came out, or did you <laughs> did you sort of get there somehow? <laughs> no, I no, I definitely don't think I opened my mouth at the age of seven. <laughs> that would have been terrifying. Um, if yeah, you yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I look. I think actually, someone asked this same question the other day. I I think it's been something that's been a bit of a work in progress, like yep. finding that that voice. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, which may sound a little bit cliche, but not at all. Uh, I've been I've been through it myself. Yeah, yeah like yeah. like because if I listen back to the first couple of EPs I put out, I think yeah. there's a different 
vibe in in the vocals especially uh and so yeah finding just kind of finding where it feels like it sits kind of naturally and and easily did you Uh, have that dilemma of like because i'm speaking from my own experience where Mm. you start off trying to emulate people you like and then somewhere along the way you think i've got to stop trying to sound like someone else and figure out how to sound like myself yeah i i probably did that on a sort of unconscious level right uh, yeah, people like Tracy Chapman, Tony mm. Childs, yep. uh, yeah, those kind of like quite, um, big, that also can kind of come, come right down as well. Like, mm. and, and, and maybe have a, a little bit of, um, that sort of huskiness as well. Yeah. Um, the Annie Lennox sort of yeah. thing, which is, I mean, yeah, she, amazing. she's, she's astounding. Am- eh? She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one that I... I don't necessarily think my voice is that similar to, but I really love how she presents it, is um, an artist called Melissa Farrick. She's an American artist. Yeah. And um, just very, very gutsy, mm. uh, very powerful. Right. Uh, yeah. And and so there's there's been those sort of different um, female artists that, yeah, I probably have emulated in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think we all mm. do. I think that's perfectly normal for you yeah. know, every single artist in history, I think, has tried to sound like whoever they liked. Mm. Uh, and and I and I think it's, um, you know, there are loads of positives that come with that. But I think mm. at some point it is a challenge to go, well, I'm not that person. Yeah. You know, I, I love Stevie Wonder. There's no way I'm ever going to sound like Stevie Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at some point I have to let that go. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. cool, it's cool to have the influence. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I'm, I just don't have the physical structure to sound like him. Yeah. Um, so happy for the influence, but I've, you know, you do have to get comfortable in your own skin, don't you? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, finding out what works and maybe what doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I think going into the studio, like going into that sort of safe space with someone that you really trust in the mm. studio can really help to, you know, kind of develop that and find it. You know, mm. uh, I think that that trust is like paramount. Have you had moments mm. where like specific moments you remember where you've had like a breakthrough where you've sort of gone, oh, now I get what I am or what I sound like, you know? Uh, some Sometimes uh, there might be moments in, in shows, uh, yep. in, in, in certain songs where where you maybe get to a point that you think, oh, I don't know if I could get there. Right. Um, and yeah, I'd probably say... Similarly, in the studio, uh, yeah, it's it's a hard one to answer. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's also like a parallel to life, isn't it? Because mm. we we also, you know, well, not don't know about you, but I mean, plenty of people struggle to be comfortable in their own skin, just as people, and you know, you yeah. sort of emulate other people. You if I was more like that person, I'd be cooler or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, yeah. uh, hopefully, we get to the point where you kind of go actually. You know, I, I, you know, just be yourself. Like, I mean, yeah. you are the sum of your experiences. Yeah. You're not that person. You yeah. Know? So just be yourself. But it's easier said than done. It is. Yeah. I think it's something that is a constant, uh, something you're constantly working on. Yeah. Well, me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And same with the voice too. Like, I mean, mm. I, I went to um, Cherie Matheson for some singing lessons about two years ago. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you know her, but she's amazing, fantastic vocal coach. Yeah. And, um, uh, I just needed a reset, you know. I've been yeah. I've been on stage for a long time, but I just had yeah. gotten too much into my head. Um, mm. I started to uh, 
become hypercritical of myself on my, of my vocal performances mm. and uh, I just got into a really bad place and I couldn't I, my voice started to almost close down on me wow that's really interesting yeah the, psycho- you, mm. the psychological side of it kind of screwed me up did you find that you uh, you would go and you'd, you'd do something and then you'd go back and look at footage of it and listen to it and sort of pick pick yep. the shit out of it sort of thing and go man I suck oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've done that plenty of times yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's never it's never good <laughs> And I've always had that disconnection in my head uh, between, I mean, I've done a lot of stuff and I've, I, I should by now feel relatively good about what I've done, you know, Yeah. Um, but I still, it's like it never happened. And now I'm back at the start again. I, I you know, when am I going to figure out how to sing? Yeah. Um, and she was just amazing. I, you know, I only did a, a two or three lessons with her, but it was just enough for her to sort of reset me on my technique and put me yeah. back into the right frame of mind and remind me that, you know, Perhaps you don't have the same voice as Beyonce. Yeah. You know, perhaps that's not what you want to focus on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the sort of stupid shit that I would do. Because yeah. I listen to people that don't sound anything like me. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I'm um, kick my own ass for not sounding like them. Which is uh, just ridiculous, you know. Yeah. I'd listen to your voice and go, well, yeah. why don't I sound like that? Well, uh, because I'm not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I do the same as well. Oh, yeah, I do it probably with singing, but also with, you know, if Everything. I hear... If I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got some similarities. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, we're all tortured artists. Yeah, that's we? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. It's very easy to look at something somebody else can do or is doing, and yeah. to compare that and and think, you know, it's like either feeling that lack or feeling that mm. um, superiority. Like it's neither is a good place <laughs> that's to right. be. Yeah. <laughs> And what another thing I'm interested in about how you record mm. um, is sort of what you do in terms of your recording um, and, and especially post-production um, procedures. Yeah. Because uh, like the standard pop approach, which is often to, you know, multi-track and, and layer the vocals together and, you know, tune everything up and yeah. and comp the crap out of everything, um, which, you know, ends up being a very kind of evened out almost forgettable sound like it doesn't really sound like a human voice right um and everything you know you create a more sort of generic sort of through line Mm. as a vocal performance which is very wide and very hi-fi and very radio friendly and everything Mm. but then you go and listen to some of the great singers in history Mm. and you realize that they couldn't have done that It it wouldn't have actually worked on their voice because their voices were too had too much character and too mm. much sort of in, there were too many inconsistencies in their in their performances or in their tone that was good. It, yeah, you, you wouldn't want to get rid of it. No. Um, and I don't know what your process has been, but when I've listened to your recordings, it feels like they're more naturally captured. Am right. I, am I right about saying that? Uh, I think so. I I. I mean, I mean, there's I know, always a bit of yeah. stuff in there, but yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, you, like I never want it to sort of sound like it's not an authentic sort of performance yeah like that i couldn't just be sitting there and playing that and singing something to someone right yeah uh yeah i as far as what uh sam has put on as far as effects goes i I don't know the full (laughs) unfortunately i don't know the full (laughs) list of what you know what what he's um you know what he's done but Mm. i know that it with takes for example uh probably doing less has worked out better right because the i would find like the more well, it's whether it's singing or playing a part, like the more I do it, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I, I start thinking it and I start overthinking it and, yeah. and it, you know, you lose that sense of 
it being a natural kind of spontaneous thing. Mm. Yeah, you get diminishing uh, yeah. returns after a while, don't you? Do, yeah. you? do you kind of limit yourself then and go, I'm going to like shoot for, you know, so many takes and... I don't have a number. Yeah. Uh, I think I think at the point, if it starts feeling a bit frustrating, mm-hmm. uh, that that's probably the point. I'd be going, okay, well, let's just move on and do something else for a while. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes you'll... Like, sometimes you might do a take and you'll think, oh, that was all right. And then let Sam be like, oh, great. It's great. You know, <laughs> do the next one. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I think... Uh, One's perception is not always correct. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's very hard to get your head around, isn't it? Yeah. I, I really rely on the people I work with for the same reason. Because you hear something back and you can hear it all wrong. You know, for some reason you can just... Yeah. You Maybe you hit one syllable sharp or something. Yeah. And now you write the whole take off in your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in actual fact, the take was great and that note really didn't matter. And Yeah. You know, you do yeah. need to have people you trust. You I do. Think. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think um, because it's the feel of... Of a performance, mm. you know, yeah. rather than just like dividing it into little sections and going, oh, you know, like this has got to be all yeah. perfect, you know? Uh, the, the, I, I, I learned um, two things that changed my approach to vocal takes. Mm. One thing is I realized I'd, I'd been warming up on the first few takes. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And then I'm like, that's so stupid. I need to go and warm up before I start right. recording, you know, which yeah. is, I know it's super obvious, but it took me a minute to get to that. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I would do, which was probably more interesting, was that I would create in my mind an idea of how I thought it should go like as in a melody structure or something it's going to go do, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. and then it would be maybe slightly too high for me or a bit awkward to get to mm. this is something Cherie actually taught me a lot about was mm. um, the energy spent on different vowel shapes and things like oh. that and different types of words and vowel shapes um, uh, cost you more or less in, in your performance and in your energy ah, which interesting. blew my mind and, yeah. and changed my whole approach so what I would do is create the sort of I- ideal scenario that i wanted to hit struggle Mm. to land it and then just do ridiculous numbers of takes trying to get it and really what i should have done is tried to focus and this is what i do now is go well if that's not naturally what i'm comfortable landing Mm. then i've got to figure out what i naturally want to land uh yeah and and when you you know when i think of you know performances on record that i really love they don't sound forced they Mm. they do sound like the singer just sort of opened their mouth and it fell out yeah yeah. Yeah. So it took me actually surprisingly a surprisingly long time <laughs> to to learn that lesson. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Do I explain yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. No, you did. Yeah. 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 I, I think you did explain it very well. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in how many takes that was. Yeah. In the first one. Do you mean? Well, yeah. I mean, it was funny because I remember um, uh, on an album I made in 2009, um, not not too many takes, but. On an album I made in 2009, I got up to maybe 10 takes of something. Yeah. And I and I started to feel like it was get, I was getting super into my head about it. Yeah. And I said to the engineer, oh, man, you must think I'm an idiot. You know, I can't, I, you know, 10 takes and I still can't get my own song right. Or this one particular section. Um, and he, he said, don't worry about it, man. He said, we had such and such in here last week. And he named a band who were really big at the time and, and mm. particularly famous for their vocal performances. Oh, wow, um, yeah. And, and multiple layers of vocals and so on. Um, they, we had so-and-so in here um, last week and they took 130-something takes Whoa. to get one line. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, don't I don't feel so bad. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm sort of, I've been fighting my own ideas a little bit. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's perfectly normal to, to, you know, 
take lots of takes, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Biggest uh, critic is ourselves. Well, yeah, but it's right. also it will talk absolute one hundred percent, and it's not healthy to think like that. But mm. it's also like as a guitar player, I feel the same way. Where I go, um, I I feel like I should be able to land the part. Yes, as if I was recording in the sixties, right? Where you can't just go into Pro Tools and use all the tricks. Yeah, yeah. And I have nothing against. Um, post-production or effects or anything mm. i'm not a purist or anything but um uh, and i was talking about this with my buddy the other day about the stuff we're doing at the moment mm. um let's just do all of this on the assumption we're not doing anything in post yeah and then when we get to post we can do whatever we want yeah and that's our attitude yeah yeah that it sounds like a good way to go well i think it just it takes the um i think if you go into something like this it's like you know there's a safety net there and you don't necessarily give it as much mm. whereas if you go into it on the assumption there's no safety net yeah well i better make sure i don't fall off yeah and it changes your focus mm. and then when you get to the you know if you do fall off well there's still a net there <laughs> <laughs> yeah you play with the tricks psychological tricks with ourselves exactly yeah yeah <laughs> so what is yeah. what's your view on um um music in terms of like th- there's the idea that floats around that good art must come from pain or trauma do you think there's validity in that? Uh, I think I used to think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think definitely there. I think something beautiful can come out of a lot of different sorts of emotions, including those difficult emotions. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't really like the idea of uh, that that it's all about. Um, being tortured or mm. or you know having to suffer right. even though i you know like i create enough suffering you know <laughs> on my own um <laughs> but uh but i i don't yeah i i think uh th- i think that's just from the, the the inner critic really yeah you know that's uh just you know analyzing things too much right yeah because yeah because yeah, i've actually seesawed on the subject over the years because mm. i feel like as soon as you put some perimeters around, you know, any version of art, you're immediately wrong because uh, there's, there's always going to be an exception somewhere. Yeah. Even if you're mostly right, there's always going to be someone somewhere who yeah. had a perfectly happy life and wrote the most amazing music. Yeah. You know, that would blow the whole idea out of the water. So you only you have to talk in averages, really. Yeah. You can't talk 100%. But I, I think I've sort of swung back the other way mm. on those averages that... There is something about that. I mean, it, it, I think one thing you have to do is qualify, at least in your own mind, what you think good art is. Yeah. Which is incredibly difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but at least most of the stuff that I've been interested in um, has come from somebody who has had some version of struggle. Yeah. To some extent, even if it's not that extreme, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, struggle... I don't know. I think there's different kinds of struggle, right? Yes. Uh, and so, you know, struggle in music maybe is perhaps, uh, I don't know, more heightened or something. And mm. if you're in a creative field. Yeah. Do you uh, mean the Do you mean the process of being a musician and yeah, living or, that life? Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. There, there's definitely a heightened sense of of um, you know that that you can create that struggle. Mm. You know, through the way you think about it. So even if you start off with having had a perfectly happy life, no problems. If you start being a musician, <laughs> the struggle that follows will will add give you what you need. 
potentially. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's it's a tough one. I don't. I don't know if I kind of. I probably sit somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I, I guess if it's constant struggle, it, it kind of the joy gets sucked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know. Yeah. Uh, and and so it's it's something that's needs uh, something needs shifting somewhere. Yeah. Or, you know, even just a perception. I mean, I suppose uh, I'm thinking about this as as we're talking about it. I'm, I'm, I suppose it would be dif- it'd be difficult to find someone who hasn't had some struggle. I guess. Yeah, you know, I suppose yeah. There, I suppose there are some people somewhere who have just sort of always landed on their feet, and they're usually, in my opinion, not very interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, it'd be hard to find someone, I guess. So maybe it's a pointless question because maybe most people have struggle. Maybe, I th- yeah. yeah, I think I think struggle is just part of life, right? I right. Mean, it's part of being human. Yeah. So I don't I don't think there's necessarily a way around it. It doesn't matter where you're from or what you do, it's sort of like yeah. you're you're gonna face hardship. Right. At some point. Yeah. Mm. And maybe it's just whether the artist actually taps into it or not, whether they open the door to that or not. Maybe that's not even what they're looking for. Yeah. Depends on what maybe. they're doing. What do you think about music um and the role of art and music and everything else in the in the arts in terms of responding to world events and you know, do you think mm. we should be commenting on all of the different stuff that's happening out there at the moment? Yeah, I, I think I think that's a really individual thing. Right. I, I think some artists will, you know, focus on that more in depth than others. Mm. Uh, you know, something someone like Bono, for example. I was you know, just thinking uh, yeah. about Bono. I was just yeah, about because to I was him, yeah, yeah, I was just listening, listening to that interview uh, with Brené Brown, which was really really cool. Mm. Uh, and yeah, if I think about him and other certain artists, that that that's sort of the line that they've gone down. Mm. Uh, and people criticize the crap out of him for that, don't they? Yeah. Which I've yeah. never quite understood. I mean, he's in a, he, I don't know how you feel, but I always think, well, he's in a position where he can get heard. Yeah. He cares about important things and he's talking about them. What's the fucking problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think uh, if, if, if that's, you know, like if you want to write a song about something that is important to you, mm. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. No. Uh, yeah. I, I'd, but to say that every artist should be creating uh, music or art or whatever it is that is, you know, designed to be something political. Yeah. I, I do think that's an individual thing. Like as if mm. there was some kind of rule. If you, yeah. You're going to yeah. get arrested if you don't write something meaningful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because there's plenty of songs that, you know, are are not like that and are great songs, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I think it's just, you know, it depends on the person. Mm. Yeah. Do you find yourself writing about anything you know, whether it's on that sort of scale or any other sort of interesting issues, or are you more, I mean, I don't mean to frame it like it's anything less, but do you, are you more writing about your own experiences? Or uh, I've I've written, um, like, Cambodia, for example, which is on the, the new EP, mm-hmm. uh, is about an experience of a woman uh, in, you know, from my visits in Cambodia. So it's it's about, uh, the you know, the, the trauma there and the, the mm-hmm. war. Yeah. Um, I have written a couple of songs that are sort of focused around uh, refugee issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the the sec the last EP called "In the World" there's a song on there called "Home," and I actually wrote that sort of I, I guess inspired by the people I worked with um, refugee families when I was in Melbourne. Yeah, and so that song sort of was born out of just talking to them about their experiences, basically. So 
yeah, I mean, that issue is something that I, I haven't sort of gone, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write some songs about that, but it's just something that is impressed on mm. me. And so I kind of go, well, it it's just sort of, natural, you know, naturally natural. comes out. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, what were those experiences working with refugees? What, what were you doing? Oh, I was, uh, I was sort of like a case manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was helping uh, refugees that had been in detention centers. I was helping them settle into the community. Right. So, um, sort of readjust. Yeah. yeah. So they, they called it uh, community detention at the time. I don't know if that program is still going or not. Mm. Uh, but basically, yeah, I worked with different families and it was just sort of finding ways that yeah, they had a lot of restrictions on them, you know, at that time. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, they couldn't work. Uh, yeah, there were just lots of things they, they were not allowed to do as part of their, whatever they were on, temporary visa. Um, and they were but, from all different parts of the world? Yeah, yep. uh, Afghanistan and mm-hmm. uh, Iran, Iraq, Burma. Yep. Yeah, all sorts of places. Uh, and so, yeah, it was it was about finding ways that they could connect mm. uh, to... Uh, their their local community, despite the sort of, um, you know, the fact that they were really not, they couldn't settle because they didn't have visas, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, But also they yeah. wouldn't have known the local sort of culture and ways of things, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there was a lot of, uh, yeah, just the, the, the cultural sort of day-to-day stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah just how to... How yeah, to, how to exist, how to, in, how a, to exist in, a, exactly. in a Western country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. must be vastly different. Yeah, yeah, very different. So would you yeah. be um, getting into the weeds with them, you know, like this is how you do this and this is how you pay rent or whatever? Yeah, we had a lot of stuff around, especially around housing and, and mm. yeah, rentals and um, expectations around around that, mm. you know, from land agents and what do you call them, property agents. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then things like, you know, schools, you know, how, how schools run and, yeah. you know, what you know, uniforms and rules and, you know, yeah, yeah. all that stuff, you know, that is not necessarily um, just known. Mm. Uh, yeah, or, or you know, uh, trying to find, you know, uh, religious networks and things like that or cultural networks. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess it's all that sort of stuff that, yeah, we sort of take for granted maybe. Mm. But, yeah, sort of like when I went to China, like, I just no idea what I was doing. It's <laughs> 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 just like... <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're sort of like, yeah, you're kind of blind in a way, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. There must yeah. have been so, you know, eye opening and uh, it must have had such a profound impact on you working with people who are in such, I, I guess, a desperate situation or, or at least in such a, you know, their whole lives have been turned upside down and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was a really interesting, uh, I worked with a really interesting bunch of people mm. uh, and, yeah, the families. Uh, yeah, I'll, it's sort of like a thing I'll never forget. You yeah. know, uh, like I'm not in contact with them, obviously, mm. uh, the the families. But uh, you do sort of remember just really beautiful moments with them, and not not always uh, easy conversations either. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's sort of a, a period of my life that I, I'm pretty grateful for. And yeah. also humanizing as well, right? Because you would no longer see them as others or or different. Yeah. Which is, I think it's quite easy, especially if you haven't really experienced the world much and you just sort of watch the news and you yeah. see footage of somewhere like Afghanistan mm. and they dress differently and their culture's different and you sort of see them as sort of being slightly different to us, yeah. right? But, yeah. But if you've actually had personal interactions, well, you know that... They're just people. They're just like us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of commonalities. Yeah. 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 And do you work in similar fields these days? 
Uh, these days, I, I, I do a bit more teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, uh, sort of helping students uh, get into uh, sort of higher level courses. So, right. Yeah, so I sort of help them with writing skills and yeah. uh, that sort of thing, which is was, was quite cool. And um, Yeah, but again, like, I think all the, the work I've done has been like in very multicultural settings. And yep. I think that's probably why I'm quite comfortable sort of being, you know, in different cultures around different sorts of people I, yeah. I sort of feel like that's where I fit best you know I get a, yeah. I, I do get the feeling that you know if we had another couple of hours we could pretty much talk about anything and I mean that as a compliment I just feel like you're sort of steady on your feet you know what I mean in, in the world like I I don't feel like I could shock you, <laughs> you know all right I'm uh, sure that you could yeah no I just there's just there's just a kind of a, a, a sense that I'm getting from you that you've just through experience and a life lived you just seem very streetwise and, you know, sort of worldwise, um, which is awesome. But, you know, it's, it's um, uh, I don't know, I think that's a really big compliment to you. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll hmm. take it as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, take yeah. it that way. I'm not quite <laughs> sure what my point was. But. <laughs> that's okay, you don't need to have one. Yeah. It's all good. With, um, um, with the music itself, uh, uh, you yeah. know, being out and about, you know, releasing music and in the kind of current situation where it's hard to make money in music and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Where do you find your, you know, drive and motivation from to keep working hard at it? Obviously, you're not going to get rich off Spotify or whatever, right? So, yeah, yeah. And, and it's hard to even make money on touring. Yeah. What drives you? Because, I mean, I, I've grappled with this myself and I'm, so I'm yeah. always trying to steal everyone else's ideas. Yeah, no, definitely, no. Yeah. Uh, good good question. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of right at the end of it at the moment. Like, we've got two more shows, mm -hmm. uh, one here in Auckland tomorrow at Kumu and the other one in Tauranga on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's at the moment, the, uh, intensity, I think the intensity of the momentum is what sort of kept me pushing. Cause mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually very, very tired. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So I, uh, the, the kind of, I guess, as you know, like, you know, putting out a release, you, there's a lot of push that goes in, mm. you know, a lot of, and a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think. So uh, I'm sort of looking at it from that perspective. I think post uh, this album, I think I'm going to be doing a lot of reflecting right. on on that process, mm -hmm. uh, and and kind of coming back to the the simple process of the the, the writing and the the creating. Because mm. uh, I, I feel that sometimes with all the other stuff going on, that for me that that's the thing that kind of gets a bit lost. But I feel like that that's the thing that should be in the centre as well. Yeah. Uh, and so, do you feel I, like there's I, something yeah. big coming that's going to come out of that? Like, you know, if you're doing some reflecting, are you talking about, you know, uh, some significant change, or do you mean it's just going to take a minute to sort of get back onto the whatever the next thing is? Yeah, I think prob I would say both. Right. Like, so reflecting on, like, you know, sort of integrating the wins along the way mm. from the last sort of year or last and as particularly the last six months, like lots, lots of stuff's been going on. And, and I don't think I've actually had the, the time to sort of stop and then kind of go, oh, okay, like that, that went really well. Or, mm. you know, um, what did I learn from that? Or, you know, like it's sort of just been, okay, now, now here's this and now here's the next thing. And then, then this show and then there's this, uh, yeah. So it's just like building, 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 but and then sort of coming back and going, okay, well, what, what can I, what can I then take out of this that I can uh, use better in the future? I don't know if that sounds, yeah, no, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does yeah. make sense. Yeah, yeah. Because I think um, 
um, w- there's an especially if you're starting out in music, um, you know, there's a lot of sort of sacrifice one does makes, you know, yeah, and they're they're like rubbish gigs you take, and there are there's that idea of you know do this gig for free for promotion, you know that whole that old gag, yeah, you know all that yeah. stuff, and the whole idea is like okay, I'm going to do all this stuff to mm. get to somewhere, yeah, and. I guess everyone's got their own version of what that somewhere is. Mm. Um, uh, and I guess that somewhere is some sort of version of a career or some sort of version of some sort of artistic outcome or inca- yeah. income or something, build an audience or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I guess when you're not starting out, which is you and me, yeah. you know, you kind of get to the point where you go, all right, so what am I working towards now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. I think I think it's setting some setting some new goals, mm. and I think for me, part of that is going to be, as I said, like earlier, just taking a bit of a break from from socials, yeah, uh, and and spending a bit more time focusing on health as well, mm. uh, and and just finding a little bit more balance with it all. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty intense, you know, and I, I think uh, I. I I would like to go into the next thing with with a new um sense of energy and a new mm. sense of passion and enthusiasm and all of that, you know. Yeah. Uh but I think sort of taking some downtime after this is the thing that's going to sort of move me forward. Yeah. Uh whereas you know like my natural inclination would be just to keep pushing and keep right. you know. Yeah. Um but I don't I, I think there comes a point where you kind of got to go, okay, I need to step back a little bit mm. and just kind of take it all in and look at what went well, what, maybe what didn't go so well. Yeah. How can I move forward with, with that knowledge, you and, know? And, and given all the obstacles there are out there now and the, you know, how hard it is to make money and all that kind of stuff, mm. which was, is always sort of in slight contradiction to why we got into it in the first place because i don't believe anyone writes a song to make money no there are better ways to make money no you know but it, but we still need money so yeah. you know it's one of those things um but i i imagine that you're probably quite similar to me with that which is like i was never really in it for the money but i need to figure out how to like well firstly if the money and all of that stuff isn't isn't coming in because of the way the industry works now. Yeah. Well, all we've got now is the creativity. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because that's all we really wanted in the first place. Yeah, true. Um, but it's you still need to pay for studios and things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So then you kind of go well, and and this is why I really relate to what you just said because mm. getting to a point where, as a person in your life, you are healthy and balanced and happy, mm. um, or got some sort of sense of support or consistency or whatever mm. and then when you do engage with the creativity even if it does cost you a bit financially or whatever mm. um you're happy with that yeah and it's a positive experience it's not yeah. oh no i have to go play that shithole again you know <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. or have these terrible experiences on the chance that maybe it'll turn into something yeah i think there's a point where you go fuck that it's got yeah. to be good now not in the future <laughs> yeah exactly i i think yeah kind of looking at your expectations yes is really important. Mm. Uh, you're right. I, th- I think the, the it has to be, it has to be enjoyable now. It has to be mm. uh, a, a good process in the process of doing it, like rather than just the okay, I'm trying to get some outward, yeah. um, you know, whatever it is. And there's a there's a renegotiation yeah. there, isn't there as well? Because yeah, you know, I, I don't know if you were like me when we we're teenagers or whatever. You sort of 
the dream was closer to being a rock star or a pop star or whatever. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, you have to kind of go, well, that's not happening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if yeah. for no other reason, I'm no longer 18, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, yeah, reframing, uh, reframing it somehow. Yeah. Uh, that, it, that it can move in a, in a way that's maybe just a bit lighter. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I, I like what you said about that though. About the reframing part of it? Yeah. Well, I think it's a matter of survival. (laughs) I think if you don't, I think you risk, I don't know, losing your mind. Potentially, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's reframing across society. One Mm. thing I I didn't get to ask you was, you know, in, in some of the copy on the website, there was the talk of being sort of a nomad. Yeah. And I've always really loved the idea of being a nomad. Yeah. I, I love the idea of just, I mean, it, I like having this room with all the stuff in it. Yeah. But I also really like the idea of not having, any, any, having anything beyond what I can fit in a backpack. Yeah. And just wandering, you know. Yeah. I really love that idea. I don't know how close you got to being a fully fledged um, no band, but I know that in the current climate of of inflation and all of those things, mm. more and more people are starting to look at alternative ways of, of living their lives. And, you know, with yeah. t- tiny homes and whatever all, all the, it's like actually let's well we can't afford the normal life so what else can we do yeah i i think uh i don't know if, if i'd say i got really close to being a, a a true blue sort of authentic nomad <laughs> yeah i do like a good a good bed <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah those <laughs> and comforts. A really good yeah. good shower yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you just need about two or three weeks not having those things to remember how much they mean right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah but i think I think it's possible to to have, um, you know, parts of that, mm. you know, and and definitely going away and playing shows. There's parts of that which, you know, spring up, and yeah. then you know, and then it's really nice to go home and and mm. you know and and be in your own space. And it's sort of like that thing of you know, if you take yeah, as you say, you take something away, then you you kind of come back and you can appreciate it a little bit more than yeah. you did maybe before. Exactly before you did that, yeah. 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 yeah, but it does feel like that um, reframing thing. I mean, like like the the I forget what they're calling it, but the great um, like the whatever they're calling that movement of everyone quitting their jobs through the pandemic. You know? Oh uh, yeah. Everyone yeah. everyone taking stock, going, wait, I hate my life. I need to change it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Which I think most musicians kind of went like, yeah, we've been <laughs> we've been saying that for twenty years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, for me anyway, I, I I do like the idea of. I mean, that's why I like the name of the podcast, actually. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I I do think it is good to have something else to balance out mm. the music. Yeah. Uh, or you know, to give a kind of uh, a perspective. Right. Uh yeah. I, I can't and, I can't take credit for the name because that because Bobby Kennedy came up with the name. It was, oh, okay. It was, it was his idea. Yeah. To, even to, to start the whole thing. Yeah. Um, um, but what's been quite interesting about the name is, you know, don't give up your day job is, is that it sort of changes its meaning as right. we go. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause we've actually talked about it quite a few times over the years and, yeah. it, and it just keeps changing its meaning. Like the, you know, of course one, the, the traditional version of the idea is mm. your career won't work. So don't give up your day job. So it's an incredibly negative thing. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. but then when we started the podcast, we were trying to reframe it and say, the point is, is that if you start a professional career um, in the arts, you are, you do have a job, yeah, and you need to approach your art like a job. You know, ah, you need, that's you, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. You need, yeah. You, you you're not just like going to float in the pool and then go and play a gig. Yeah. You've also got to do your invoicing. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So you have to approach it like a business. Yeah. So that was sort of the meaning that we started with, um, 
and but it keeps changing its meaning along the way mm. uh and and i i feel like it just sort of slightly got reframed again just then mm. um maybe that's kind of cool because it just it sort of raises it's just an ongoing question mm, i like <laughs> yeah. that second meaning actually that i hadn't thought of it from that perspective right yeah but that that's really really cool because you're right like it, it's not uh not a yeah, hol- the, it's not the a holiday, ma- eh? yeah. The management yeah. side of it is 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 a whole yeah. another game that you have to you have to develop those skills. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not just a party. No, <laughs> there's no no swimming pool. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's been cool getting to know you a little bit. Hey, thanks for having me. And um, good yeah, luck with a couple it. of shows we got coming up. And this yeah, will probably come you. out. This will come out in a few weeks. But um, cool. um, everyone needs to look you up. So let's let's now go back to the start and um, oh yeah, and, and then do the end that we did at the start at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> for everyone I don't, I don't, what did we say at the start? Well, we started with we. At the start, we ended with yes. um, how they can find you. Oh, right. So now let's yes. end with the start at the end. Okay. Um, and uh, so your website is, uh, is it ReneeMilner.com? Uh, ReneeMilnerMusic.com. Music.com, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Two L's. Yep, two L's. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yep, I made that mistake myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you're not the first. <laughs> and you're um, um, on Faith... Oh, Faith. Jesus. Facebook. Facebook. That's a new one. That's yeah, a new yeah. one. Um, um, I heard someone call it Facade Book recently, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but you're on Facebook at least until further notice, but maybe yeah. not for long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Instagram? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone needs yeah. to check out your stuff because I, I really do genuinely love your voice. I think your songs are great. Thank you. And um, I wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you, Danny. Thanks oh, for having me. No Cheers. Problem. Cheers. Thanks, Renee. You can find out more about Renee Milner at Renee. <clears throat> My voice stopped working. You can find out about Renee at ReneeMilnerMusic.com. And for this episode's featured artists and featured song, we have Bad Reception by Erin Myers. See you soon. Radio signal gone
If you find what we're doing useful and you like this podcast, please do like, share and subscribe and give us a review on iTunes.